Welcome to the Generations Church podcast. This is Brian Nugent, and I'm the pastor at Generations Church. Thanks for listening today. We hope this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Well, today is Vision Sunday. Uh, It's one of my favorite Sundays of the year to give thanks for God, for what God has done in the previous year, and to look forward to the future of what God has in store for us. Now, Vision Sunday is a team effort from graphics to videos to front of the house, back of the house, all of our office. We've kind of been working on this all week, so I just want to say thanks uh, to them for all of their all of their work. Well, this church started, looks a lot different today than it did in 1942, okay? Just a few people gathered, didn't have a lot of money, you know, didn't have a facility like we have. They didn't have all the screens and the technology that we have today, but just a few people in 1942. 42. What were you doing in 1942? Now, some of you were doing stuff in 1942, so most of us weren't here yet. But you know what? They got together and they on the west side of Tallahassee and they said, why don't we start a church? Well, we don't have any money. We don't have any property. That's okay <clears throat> because we serve a big God and we have a big vision. And who knows... What can happen in 1942 if just a few people take a few dollars, a little perspiration, a lot of prayer, and a lot of faith? Who knows, who knows what can happen? And I just want to tell you this morning, okay, that God, starting in 1942, gave a call to this body of believers that does not change today to have a community and a global impact until Jesus comes, okay? Now, the miracle of our church is that we are doing it from the poorest zip code in all of Florida, okay? You want to you wanna talk about the miracle of the little oil and the, the, the miracle in the, you know, the oil in the barrel? That's what, that's what this church is. And I just want to say God has blessed this church. We want to be faithful with the resources that God has given us. And until Jesus comes or we stand before Him, we want to preach the gospel. We want to disciple believers. We want to advance the church until we hear from our Lord, well done. Now, today's a little different. It's Vision Sunday, so the format of this is a little bit different, so it's not the traditional kind of message and sermon, so I just want to tell you that up front. Now, there's some things that we have for you. If you're in person, in the card pocket in front of you, there's a little card, a Vision Sunday card, and there's also not just the bulletin, but there's some information, our, our church values. I want you to take that uh, with you. If you are online, you should have received this digitally in an email the other day. Uh, so if you want to kind of look that up, because I'm going to be referring 
uh, referring to that this morning. So Vision Sunday is just a little bit different format, and it allows me to take a moment and talk uh, to the church about the church, okay? So just know that's a little bit different today. Now, first of all, on the inside of your card, and they'll be putting it on the screen if you don't have it, uh, just as a reminder uh, about God's design for us, okay? God's design uh, for us, all right? So I just want to, just at the very beginning, I always do it on Vision Sunday, so just want to remind you of God's purpose and plan for your life. So number one, follow Jesus. Follow Jesus, okay? You want to know what God's plan is? You want to know what God's purpose and design is? Number one, it's to follow Jesus. As individuals, we have discovered hope, forgiveness, and purpose through our relationship with Jesus. You want to know what God's will and God's plan is? Then come to the cross, give Him your sin, turn your life over to Him, and He will give you a new life. If you've heard about it, that's good. But there's a time from hearing to action, and I think that day is today. Follow Jesus. The second part about God's design for your life is grow in your faith. Grow in your faith. Starting a relationship with Jesus is just the beginning. Growing in your faith is a lifelong journey. So if you're new to faith in Jesus, that's great. Uh, but it's just the beginning. You don't spike the ball in the end zone and it's done. It's just the beginning of a relationship that He wants to have to you. For those of you that have been in faith a long period of time, you know, uh, just because you have a membership and you got a few years behind you doesn't mean that God is, is finished growing you. So there's some ways that you can grow in your faith. That is water baptism that we're going to be doing in a few weeks. Worship, prayer, and scripture reading. Encounters with the Holy Spirit. Faithful attendance. Tithing and giving. Sharing your faith. Growing in your faith is a lifelong journey. You never get to a point where you don't need to grow and develop. The third part of God's design for your life, connect with other believers. We intentionally build relationship with others to have fun, grow in our faith together, and to be an encouragement to others. All right, so you get saved but it's a sad, lonely existence when you're not connected to your family. We're your family, okay? Now, I, there are all kinds of people in families, and we got some crazy people in our family too. Can I just tell you that? But we want you to be connected uh, to your family. We want to have fun activities that you can laugh, social activities. We have things like small groups where you can combine discipleship and meeting others. And also remember that connecting with other believers is not just about you, what you take away. We also believe that you have a contribution as well that you'll never be able to deposit into somebody else's life unless you're connected with other believers. So connect with other believers. The fourth thing, discover your gifts and purposes. We are unique, a unique design from God. Understanding our distinct purpose and function is an exciting part of the journey. So with every 
individual that God saves, you have natural talents, unique life experiences, great spiritual experiences, passions and interest in spiritual gifts. And God uses the kaleidoscope of that to make you unique. And we want you to discover that design. Know what God, how God has formed and fashioned you. And men release that gift into the next part of that, which is serve others. We find greater joy in serving others than we do uh, living for ourselves. So once we're saved and discipled and connected and discovered, man, then there's a place of service. There's a place that you give back to the kingdom of God for, for His glory. So that's, you know, that's kind of... Our design, I want you to know what the purpose and the function when you come to Generations Church. Why we do what we do is that we're trying to follow God's biblical design and let you walk into that, uh, that particular path. Now, a few years ago, our church came up, and it's called a purpose statement. Why do we exist? What is, the, what is our function? And I want to just read that uh, this morning. And just, just as a reminder, our purpose statement is loving God, loving people, and serving the world, okay? So we're connected to God. We're connected to God. We love God. We are connected to other believers in discipleship and relationship. And then after that, we serve others. We don't just are not saved and then we just sit. We find an outlet for, for our faith. And that is our purpose statement. We brand it on everything that we have as a reminder to you why, why we exist. Now, this morning, I want, to, I want to talk to you a little bit about Nehemiah. I love it. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible, but it relates, to, it relates to Vision Sunday this morning. So God called Nehemiah to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Okay? Now, the walls had been burned down. They, they, you know, they were in bad shape. They had been torn down. There was a great emotional toil from all of the Hebrews at that particular time. And, you know, uh, so God spoke to a man who worked in the kitchen, okay? A man that worked in the kitchen on the king's staff and said, I want you to lead a construction project. Isn't that just like God? Isn't that just like God? Yeah, I know you're serving the king, but there's a construction project that I, that I have that I want you to build. So, Nehemiah, it says he weeps, and then, okay, I'll do this. I will, I will do this. Now, let me just remind you this morning, okay, even in challenging environments, God's call and God's purpose does not change. All right? Even in challenging environments. So Nehemiah starts this process of leading the rebuilding of the wall. Now you would think that if God told you to do something, that it would be easy, right? That you would go, hey, this is God's plan, so there's no obstacles. Have you ever gotten to the end of one of God's plans and said, well, that was easy? That was easier than I thought. That was my, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't have to spend as much time. So God called Nehemiah to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. He faced, here's some of the obstacles, limited and uncertain resources. He says, Where, what am I rebuilding with? There's nothing out there. There's, there's nothing. Isn't that like the Lord to go, I want you to do a rebuilding. Okay? Where's the construction inventory? 
There isn't one. But just start walking and I will provide. Nothing on hand. So Nehemiah has to make contracts with some of the local kings to provide the resources. And that was only good as long as those kings kept providing those particular resources. So he faced limited and uncertain resources. Criticism from those who opposed the rebuilding. Personal criticism. Okay, What do you think you're doing? You're a man of the kitchen. Go bake a cake. What are you doing out here overseeing construction? But I want to tell you, when God calls you, God equips you too. Now, He can bake a cake and He can build a wall, all right? Whom God calls, God equips. So there was personal criticism. They made fun of the quality of work. Remember the story? It said, man, if there's a fox that runs into that wall, it'll fall down. That's a terribly built wall. He had to put up with lies, physical intimidation. You know, there was a time where they were working on the, on the wall. Remember the story with a hammer in one hand and a sword in the other? Remember that? Physical intimidation. So, he faced uh, limited and uncertain resources, criticism from those who opposed the rebuilding, self-doubt. You know, sometimes you ever done something from the Lord, amen, on the inside, you're brave to everyone, but on the outside, you're nervous and you're shaking a little bit. All right? I mean, that's, that's what he's doing. He's probably having this talk with himself. What am I doing? <laughs> I work in the kitchen. What am I doing ordering timber? Looking over plans. He had his own, he had his own self-confidence issues uh, that, that you can see. Part of his battle was not external. Part of his battle was internal with his own, with his own, his own mind. And then increasing discouragement from his own team. All right? His own, they were tired, physically tired. They, didn't, they said that we just don't know how much longer we can go. They assumed that at some point the resources would work out and this plan was going to fail. They were aware of the criticism that was occurring. Everybody knew that this project was being, was being criticized and then they, just, they were just kind of discouraged. They were just kind of discouraged. But can I remind you, that even in the midst of challenging environments, God's call and God's purposes do not change. Okay? Boy, and that's where we found ourselves last year. Wow, man, what a year. All right? I mean, I stood before you a year ago with all kinds of plans and dreams. And then right around the corner, you know, COVID hit. And... Social and racial unrest in the summer. The election happened. And man, in a, in a backdrop of calm that we're always usually able to do ministry, we saw the cultural environment change that it affected, you know, it affected ministry. Stop, start, scrap it, modify, cry a little bit, launch it. Don't launch it, reconfigure it, be discouraged, have seasons of joy, push, pray, figure it out. That was the game plan. Well, that's a really good game plan, isn't it? That's what we did. Man, I was so discouraged. Well, there was a couple times last year, man, I was down. I, just, I told the Lord one day, Lord, I just feel like six years of work has just been wiped out in six months. I am so down. You know, that's just where I was, that's just where I was at. I mean, we had to reevaluate everything. We stopped running our vans. 
kind of the lifeblood to our community because of being respectful of the health issue of our own workers and others in the vans. We stopped. We stopped that. We canceled our missions trips, which, you know, which were to some of the poorest areas of the world who were extremely hard hit by COVID. We had to, we had to stop that. We had to hold back on some ministries that we were presently doing, some things that we, that we wanted to launch. You know, it's been months since I've called our church down to the front to pray together and pray for each other. Just wanted to be respectful of the health environment that, you know, that, we, uh, that we found ourselves with. The ministry footprint, you know, that we've always known. I mean, like our team shrunk in half almost overnight. Let me just say, too, respectfully, there were people that felt health-wise that it wasn't good for them to come to church and be involved, and we certainly respect that. I'm just telling you from the ministry end, man, our team shrunk. And when it did, the footprint and the speed of which we normally can do ministry, I mean, uh, it, it was effective. It was effective. I mean, it was just frustratingly slow pace. But that's the environment that you find yourself in. But I just want to remind you, that in the midst of challenging environments, God's purpose and God's call does not change. Okay? You know, we were, we were in like in our third week, you know, of, of nobody in the sanctuary, online only. And we only could have 10 people in the building. So that was worship team. We didn't have anybody front of the house. We moved everybody in the back. We had like 10 people here. We had moved out the first two or three rows because there was nobody coming. And we had just made a bank of cameras all around. So we only had 10 people. So I'm, you know, I had my one camera. I'm normally preaching to you guys, but I had my one camera and my blue light. That's all that I was preaching to is my blue light. That was all that I saw. Well, I had been preaching about five minutes, and the fire alarm went off, okay? The lights over here, over here, they started flashing. I'm in the middle of my message, and it starts going fire, fire, fire. Brent and Bo, they were in here. They immediately ran toward the back, okay? I, I don't know what to do. I just, so I'm just trying to stay focused on my blue light, Nobody else at home knows what's happening here except if you could tell the perspiration on my face. So I'm just preaching, trying to stay focused. There might have been a few more in the building, but those lights were going off. And in the background, it was fire, fire, fire. I'm just trying to preach in about five minutes. Now, nobody says anything. Nobody tells me anything. But in about five minutes, there was a text that came across the iPad that said, the fire trucks will be here in five minutes. Oh, my goodness. Somebody tell me something. But, you know, I got my blue light. I'm just sweating. Lights are going off. I'm just trying to preach the gospel here. And nobody holds up a sign. Nobody gives me any warning. What's going on? I'm trying to preach and see if I smell smoke. Because I'm telling you, if I smell smoke, I was out. All right? So I get to the end of my message. I have no idea what's happening. Lights going off, fire, fire, fire. So I just go, I'm going to call for the worship team. And if nobody comes, I'm dropping this mic and I'm getting out of here. That was our introduction. That was my introduction. I got, I got in the car. I mean, I was just like shaking and it was a false fire alarm. 
But we have a new rule that calls hold the pastor a sign up if there's any problem, okay? That was instituted right after that service was over with. Oh boy, oh boy, wow. Well, listen, environments change, but God's purpose and God's call never does. And we saw a lot of different things that we had to adapt. If you're a business owner, a department head in your company, you're part of the lead team, you know what we're talking about. But I want to tell you something. We do our best today and last year not to wave the white flag of surrender, but find a way forward, okay? Ecclesiastes says, if the farmer waits for the perfect day, he will never plant. So sometimes forward progress in life and ministry uh, goes in an imperfect environment. And that's what, that's what we found ourselves in. So this has kind of, been my, kind, kind of been my motto. And it's kind of what I want to share with you this morning. Because this thing is not over yet. We are still... What happened last year's and the continuation of this year's. So, and it's been our theme for Vision Sunday. So, I just want you to know kind of where we're at as we talk about future, present, and future things. Number one, review. This is if you're in business, you're on lead team, you, you're going through some of these steps. Review. You assess, you evaluate your personnel presently, the size and the energy, your financial resources. Ministries now or, or, or organization now and the future. You, you review where you're at right now, all right? Jesus said there was a man that wanted to build a tower. But before he did, he sat down to make sure he had the resources. So there's a, a time that you look internally and kind of do some review and some assessment and a, an evaluation. Then there's the reimagine. There's the reimagine. In light of your assessment, you rethink how this might affect your future planning. What information have you learned from your review that can help you be effective in the future? Lots of things have changed in the world and what used to work may not work anymore. So you may have to reconfigure and rethink some things in your life and your business and all the things that you're doing. And we're doing the same, kind of the same thing here. And then there is the relaunch, okay? With the value of your assessment and your reconfiguring factored in, you continue to proceed with your objectives. Are there some things that we can do now? Are there some things that we should hold off on until the environment is better? Okay, that's the, the relaunch. So there's some things that you can move forward with. There's some things that you need to maybe, maybe kind, of, kind of wait on. If you're a big college football fan, right now they're doing an assessment on what, how you feel about the fall, you know, going back to stadiums. All right, right now, will you feel comfortable going to pull for the Seminoles? You, you've been in a stadium seat, right? You know, like you're sitting like that. 
I mean, unless you're in the Tom Overstreet, you know, suite up there, uh, he, he's walking around free, but everybody else. So they're making an assessment now. Will people feel like coming back and, and sitting when it's tighter? Okay, so they're, they're walking through what a relaunch would look like. So I just want to say to you this morning, I don't have every answer at this moment because the, the environment is changing. I don't have every answer for relaunch in ministry. But I promise you, that as things change, we're going forward. We're going to do what we can now. And if there's some things that we need to wait a little while on, we're going to do that. But I promise you, we're not going to sit here and wave the white flag until somebody tells us it's, it's a good time to do ministry. Okay? Give the Lord praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, listen, I want to take a moment. I want to look back. I want to give thanks to God. I want to give, I want to celebrate what God has done. I want to say thanks to all of our teams that, man, in, 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 in tough environments, they were able to kind of hang with us and work through the work through last year. We take God's heart, but it's your hands that that bring it about. And I want to say thanks to all of our ministry leaders, volunteer, paid, all of the teams that served throughout COVID. You had every right to go, you know what? I'll just I'll I'll wait until this lifts. And some of you did not do that, and we appreciate that. So we just got a little video. We want to take a moment and just look back and give God thanks for last year.
Amen. Amen. <clears throat> so let's talk about challenging environments. Uh, Doris, from when the time of the pandemic, Doris and George lead Street Hope, that is our homeless ministry. When that started, there was an immediate crisis for our homeless and uh, and for a street hope, you know, how they minister to them. Doris, what was the, what did it look like, like that first month? What was happening to the homeless in our community? Well, we used to go, go ahead. It is. Go. we used to go to Lake Ella and the teams would fix meals and we'd have them in trays and we set up and we all served them and they stayed around and ate, you know, there was quite a few, 80 to 100. When COVID hit, we would take tables out there and start handing out to-go's. So now when we prepare the food, prepare the food, we have to put it in to-go containers and then give them like Cokes and water to drink. And then once COVID hit also at Lake Ella, they tore down all the pavilions at Lake Ella. So now when you go there, there's only grass there and they ran them all away from Lake Ella. So we didn't know where they were. And we found out also that the homeless shelter closed because of COVID. So they had moved them into hotels. So now we go to two, well, we actually go to three places. We still go to Lake Ellis, see if anyone is there. And then we go to two different hotels and serve them out of the vans. We, we had people showing up at the church, uh, like hungry, like with no food that needed something right then. They needed clothes. Uh, one, one guy, when I answered the door, he had no shirt. He had no shoes. He said, I need clothes and I'm hungry. I mean, he was in bad shape. So we took part of the Street Hope closet, brought it over here, did food bags. So Doris, on a, on a Monday now, what does that kind of look like for you guys? Well, what we do is, like I said, we got two teams. The first Monday and the third Monday, they cook the meals. And then we come and we have to package it up. So we put all the meal in a to-go container. We put the desserts in a to-go container. And we put the drinks. We usually put the drinks in the refrigerator so they're cold and put them in a cooler. So now we go to the places, set up a table, and now we hand them out. So then we're not really able to, like, minister as much as we were at Lake Ella because they're coming from their hotel room down to get the food, and then they go back to, you know, where they're at. And the, it, the homeless, is, it's just unreal right now in Tallahassee. I mean, there you can just see them everywhere. And the homeless shelter, they used to get three meals a day. Now the homeless shelter brings them one bag lunch. Or like in the middle of the day, they'll have one, one meal. So, Doris, I want to say thanks to the Street Hope team. Uh, and in challenging environment, God still has a heart for the homeless and those that are suffering, those that you are, that are serving during this time. Thank you very much. And if you want to join that team, they wear masks. They're very safe in doing that. See Doris after service. So, Doris, thank you very much. Bo. Oh, you got it. All right. Bo, uh, in, like in one week, we shut down. No in-person services. We had a great Easter egg hunt plan. Boom, it's all gone. So tell us about GC Kids in the, in the COVID era. Yeah, so, um, I mean, besides just everything getting canceled, not being able to see kids face-to-face, -face, I mean, the challenge is how do you minister to kids and families when you can't ever see them, when you don't have your services, when you don't have your events. I think one of the most challenging parts was actually the recording. So we started producing uh, kids' services that could be watched, you know, 
watched on Facebook, YouTube. Um, but for a 20, 30 minute service, you're talking about five or six hours of recording and editing every week. And sometimes we were recording things like all pro dads. We we're recording for NFC chapels. So sometimes we're recording multiple times a week, helping record for Sunday morning. So uh, I was really tired of talking to a camera. <laughs> that was uh, one of the biggest challenges. But on t- you know, uh, in spite of all of that, uh, God still did some awesome things. Uh, we had to get really creative in how we did ministry. We did some Easter egg hunt kits. We still had some great events. We did a digital kids camp. Um, we did a best week of summer camp. Uh, we did a lot of really cool things, uh, even, even with COVID going on. So that was that was really good. Um, I think one of the coolest things is that we were able to go live with our kids services. We started opening back up and had people uh, had kids in person, but also kids still at home. Uh, we got equipment to be able to go live. So our kids services are, are live every Sunday and still go live every week. And we'll continue to do that. But I was just amazed at our reach, Pastor Brian. Um, we had kids in Israel watching our services. We had a family in Michigan, a family in Atlanta watches every week. So it's really awesome just to see how the gospel can spread through through social media and the internet and, and reach kids and families that way. Our very own uh, Brent Jones Jr. gave his heart to Jesus one Sunday through one of our online services. So as frustrating as it was some weeks, uh, it was still worth it just to see how God could move. We still pulled off a kids musical, which was incredible. So we still did some cool things. Thanks to you and your team. Let's get him back over there with the kids as soon as possible. So uh, Pastor Josh, student ministry in the era of COVID. We shut down like in one week, everything was in person. Uh, What was that like and what were some of your answers to your challenges there? Um, well, one of the biggest challenges was in a ministry that is almost completely driven by relationships and friendships and hanging out and events and conferences and trips and hotels and FaceTime and small groups and like all the physical, like I need to see your face stuff. Um, when that left, I mean, it, we had to totally rethink, review, reimagine, relaunch. I mean, right there, you know, you kind of rethink your model. So it presented a challenge for our leaders because, I mean, not that it was hard, but we had just had a baby too, so throw that in the mix, you know, where you're trying to go to students' houses, and we're driving around with a screaming baby, delivering care packages to the kids, and just, here's a gift card, here's this when we have our services. Um, I mean, it was, it was challenging just recording. I think Pastor Bo touched on, and everybody knows about Zoom fatigue. Y'all know about that? I know, you know, Zoom fatigue and just social media fatigue. And you talked about preaching to a blue light. Well, I didn't have a blue light on my iPhone, okay? And it it would take, I mean, sometimes four and five hours just to upload a service onto Instagram. See, it's different. Um, you know, most, most students are on Instagram now, so you, you don't just upload to Facebook. They would never see that. Um, but for Instagram, it would take sometimes all day. I'd come up when we were, you know, working from home. I would come up in the morning, do the sermon, go back home. And I guess the first service, I just thought like, okay, when it's about like, you know, 30 minutes till service, I'll just kind of upload it. Like four hours later at 10 p.m., I'm like, go watch the service, you know. So, I mean, there was a lot of challenges. Um, one with no conferences or events, um, that really presented a 
it exposed a lot of weaknesses, I feel like, in us, myself, and our students, because you rely on those conferences. You rely on hearing big speakers. And now we had to bring Jesus into the bedroom and, you know, into our daily lives. So I feel like it exposed those things, but there was a lot of good things, you know, and, you know, just those were a lot of hard things. But one celebration is right before we went to um, completely online, I bought an Xbox. So uh, th that was really great. A lot of kids were really excited about it, but then we weren't able to use it. In, in at church so i said i'll just take it home pastor yeah, brian it's already paid for of course, of course. It's already paid for someone's got to use course. it and i remember me and cole stevens and uh ethan Estep and austin meredith we would get on and play halo and i didn't have the headset like they did they're like pastor josh you're so cheap get the headset i like had the phone and i'm like that joker's up on the left snipe him right <laughs> now you know so that's how we did discipleship. I remember uh, serving our senior adults, which our, our students participated. They came to church. We were delivering, remember the toilet paper shortage? Yeah. We were delivering toilet paper and cleaning supplies and all these things. And Target wouldn't let you but get, you know, one thing of toilet paper. Yeah. So I would bring 10 students and say, hey, go get one, and then I'll just give you the credit card to pay when we get to the front, you know. So we were delivering. Um, there was a lot of challenges, but a lot of celebrations. We did our own summer camp. That was really cool. Went to Ishnatukni, did a, um, a slip and slide kickball day here. We went to Panama City Beach. I mean, we just did so many things. Did forward conference online. But I, the main challenge, you know, was, was just distance. But I feel like, man, we got all that back and more. I feel like we're more excited to be together now. I feel like when we do go out and we're, if we are able to go to forward this year, God is just going to show up completely. No, so that, that's some of the challenges and celebrations. Brent, uh, one of the biggest changes uh, that we faced came in uh, through media, mu uh, me not just worship, but media. So some of the challenges that you got, I mean, we turned into recording studio for about, about two months there. Walk, walk them through that. Yeah, so we had to, you know, it's, it's different when you have to sing or preach to a room that doesn't have anybody in it. It's, it's weird. Um, so we, like, pulled all of our cameras off the walls so we can get, like, the closer shots and give y'all watching at home just, like, the best experience possible that we could do. We, like, purchased these phones that we were going to use, like, for these different shots. They ended up not working. We had to, like, send them back and stuff like that. Um, we were in, like, here, and we have a production booth backstage back here I, that became my office because I was recording everybody all week long um, from sermons to praise and worship to kids church the only one we didn't record was Josh because he, he was like I got it on my own bro um, so I was like thank you <laughs> but um, it was just record 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 and I was like oh I feel like I'm more like a studio person than like a worship pastor so we were doing like the the, the lobby openers everything was pre-recorded and we were concerned about like giving content, you know, when you don't have that connection of coming to church, we wanted to make sure we were still getting content out to you guys. So we were letting you know, hey, we're still out in the neighborhoods. We're still delivering toilet paper, delivering food. So on all the trips where Pastor Josh would go with the youth group or Pastor Bo would go with the food, I was there like with my phone or like with the camera, like following <laughs> everybody around. So that's why all the pictures you see, I'm not there. I'm behind it. I'm not even going to comment. I'm not even going to comment. Go ahead. I was there. I was the person behind the camera taking all the pictures in the video. Um, but it, it, it had its challenges. Um, but, I'm, I mean, we pressed through. We just kept going. By the end of it, I think everybody was sick of cameras. Um, but, but we made it through. We got there. And um, I'm super glad that everybody's back or most of you are back. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. In the midst of challenging times... God's purpose uh, never changes.
So let, let's just, let, let's look at a few other things really quick, like our giving. You know, like the first three weeks of the pandemic, let me tell you, I was nervous, all right? I was nervous. I'm like, man, how are we ever going to make it? In 2019, it was a historic year for our tithes and offerings. We gave, uh, you gave $686,000. It was a record year for tithes and offerings. And here we are in the midst of a pandemic. And can I just give you a praise report? This morning, our income last year was $675,000. Listen. It is a 1.5% decrease. 1.5%. You've never seen a pastor so happy to have a 1.5% decrease in giving and that was done in a time of pandemic. And I just want to give God praise. I want to give God thanks for that. It was a miracle. Two months ago at our board meeting, I said, just stop what you're doing and put this in the minutes. That we are now giving praise to God for His provision through, through, this, through this year. Our total for missions and outreach and evangelism was $175,000. And that is, it's down, but we didn't take our trips. We didn't raise all of our money. But that is a substantive amount. That's money that we gave away in all kinds of different ministries and missions. And we just give praise to God for that. Our BGMCs gave over $5,000. Our kids, Speed the Light, gave $1,316 dollars to missions to speed the light we presently support 50 missionaries around the world and let me just say through the pandemic we honored every one of our we were able to 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 meet all of our missionary obligations we proudly added Kelsey Quinn as one of our missionaries to our support team Amen. And our total monthly commitment in the midst of a pandemic is, is $4,900 a month. But I just want to remind you that in the midst of challenging environments, God's purposes and God's call does not change. And He will sustain you in a time of, of challenge. So this morning, can we just take a moment and just give God praise this morning? Can we just give Him thanks for His goodness? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We, when we stopped doing in-person services, we stopped, you know, we've been doing project renovation and it's, it's been, uh, you know, trying to uh, remodel our two-story building, but we weren't having services, but we weren't sure about the finances. We stopped raising money for it. We shut everything down for that, you know, just to try to, you know, get your resources focused and, but, but then when our students and our kids came back, there were just, we, we, we had started the renovation to the fellowship hall, but, uh, you know, we, we just didn't get a chance to uh, complete it. And now it is uh, pretty much completed there. And I want to tell you, it is a tool 
The tool is never a replacement for the message, okay? But it is a tool. We want our kids in the poorest zip code in Florida to have the coolest building that they can come to to hear about Jesus, worship Jesus, meet other people. And I want to tell you, right over there in that, in that room is one of the best children's facilities, youth facilities around, and we're very proud of that. Very proud of that. We were able to start a Bible club at Rudiger Elementary uh, on a weekly basis. We had that going for five or six weeks. They had given us permission to go in and do a Bible club, and we started that until we had to shut down. So we're very thankful because when the environment changes, that will be something that we will be able to do again. We started GC Boys, providing outdoor recreational opportunities for dads and their sons. We had to kind of delay that just a little bit. But back in the fall, they did a camp out and they learned to shoot BB guns and fish. And, you know, we, we just believe the, the relationship with dads and boys and young men today are really important. We were able to do that. We did various ministry outreaches and opportunities. We were serving food in the community. The local school system made us a drop-off point where people could come and get food. We were delivering uh, we were delivering food, doing drive-bys. You know, we passed out, you know, thousands of pounds one Wednesday night. Street Hope was doing its thing, and we had expanded live stream and video capability. And I just want to say to all of those that watch online and you have not felt like it was your moment to come back, I want you to know that we miss you. Our church is not complete without you. We understand the decision that you've made at this moment but just know that you're part of our family we have a seat for you and we miss you and we hope there's a day soon that we can all be gathered together here I just want to you know we, we we had to do connect groups via zoom I mean there were all kinds of technological changes but I just want to say in the midst of a pandemic or not God is going to build his church He's going to do that. So let's, let's take a look real quick at the future. All right? What's, what's happening this year? Review, reimagine, relaunch, keeping all of that in mind. First of all, we've got some special services coming up in a few weeks. We've got Alan Griffin that's going to be here. We love having Alan. He's crazy, and he, and he loves the Lord. He's going to be here in a few weeks in September. We have Dr. Mark Rutland that is coming. Uh, Dr. Rutland was the president of Southeastern University, and we are excited about having Dr. Rutland come. And we've got some other things planned as well. Also, looking forward to the future uh, we want to establish an African fellowship, a ministry fellowship primarily of those native to the African continent. Now, we pitched this last year, and we even had the meeting. I even bought them dinner and got no ministry out of it, all right? Had them over at my house. We prayed, but then COVID hit, and we just didn't feel like it was the time to launch a new ministry, but I've already spoken with them this week. That, that is something that we are waiting for the green light. We have people from 
and because of our, our, our uh, proximity to our uh, academic institutions in our state, we have a really good number of Africans, Native Africans that live here, Congolese, Nigerians, and man, we just believe this can be a place. We are multi cultural. We, this can be a place that, that we can start that ministry. So we're just, just waiting. Also, van ministry, restarting this vital community outreach. That's another thing that we are discussing, but we're waiting on the right opportunity that the health situation needs to improve. Listen, we, we, were, we were running two vans, you know, pre-COVID, all right? And we were raising money. We still are to buy another van once we start back. That was our community impact, picking people up, bringing them to church that do not have a ride. It is a, a way that we can minister to homeless people. So there's a drop down if God moves on your heart and you want to give, because when that green light starts back, you know, then we're going back with our van ministry and we want to go back to, to two vans as well. Uh, something else, uh, I talked last year about taking a team to the Holy Land in the fall of 2021 to worship, pray, and visit the land of the Bible. And we had over 40 people that said, hey, I would be interested in hearing more information about that. Now, let me just say, I talked to the people in Israel this week. They feel like somewhere in April they'll start to get a green light. So I feel very confident that somewhere September, October, we are going to be able to take this trip. So if that's something that you want to do, something you've always wanted to do, there is on our website, there's just a database sign up just so that we can give you information. We're not asking for money at this point because we don't have the green lights yet from our country or the country of Israel. But the, the guide over there said probably April or May, he feels like things will kind of loosen up and this trip is going to be a possibility. So if you're interested in that, let me just tell you, it'll be a great blessing. We're going to take a group from our church. I'm going to lead that team. Uh, we want you uh, to go with us. Uh, increasing outreach and evangelism and community connection. We started something through COVID where, where we would buy your office or workplace lunch just from the church. We would cater it in just to say, hi, we want to bless you. Now, let me just say, if you're working at home, home online, you do not qualify for that. All right. But I want to say to you, contact the office. We would love to do that at some point. It's just a way that our church can just get into your workspace and just go, hey, we, we appreciate you guys. Do something nice. We started doing that, uh, started doing that last year. Uh, also, something else that I want to kind of dream about when I was watching The Chosen, there was a, a scene at the woman at the well, and Jesus was hanging out at the woman of the well, at the woman at the well, and he ministered to her, and it just reminded me about the importance of, of having visibility, gospel visibility in places that people are congregating anyway. So I just want to uh, cast some vision here. Maybe it's not for this moment, but I want to I buy a big tent with some banners. And I want to get our church, when there's a community event, a 5K football game, whatever community event it may be, the fair Man, we set up a booth, we pass out water, we wear our t-shirts, we have a prayer box. We are where people are visiting because you're never going to have a woman at the well 
experience in conversion if you're not at the place of the well. So we want to find those places. So I'm looking for people who will go, I'd be interested in being a part of that team or leading that team. Just five or six times a year, we want to raise the visibility, not just of our church, but of the Lord Jesus and have gospel connections and do evangelism, uh, do evangelism with that. The last thing that I want to mention forward forward leaning, we talked, uh, we had to cancel all of our foreign missions trips. So we planned a uh, we planned a trip to Hot Springs, Arkansas to Compact. It is our Assemblies of God orphanage, paternity, uh, maternity home, uh, uh, developmental disabilities place, foster care uh, in Hot Springs, Arkansas. It is 24 buildings. It is 52 acres. And we plan, here's the plan, that we would take two teams, okay? And one team would be a mega sports camp team. For all of those kids that live on that campus, all the wards of the state, all the foster care kids, all the developmentally challenged kids, we're going to give them the best mega sports camp they've ever had, okay? So I'm looking for young people, college-age students, teenagers, anybody that wants to be a part of, of that team to go with us and be a part of that mega sports camp team. The other part is the construction team, the construction team. We always do a construction you know, build throughout the year. Well, let me just tell you the challenge. They have a, uh, at, at the place at Hot Springs, Arkansas, they have a developmental disabilities home. And they take care of kids. Right now they have a, a, uh, a nonverbal autistic kid. They have a, a kid with Down syndrome. They have a kid who came from the Marshall Islands and their parents just left them. She's on a feeding tube, never had any kind of institutional kind of, of uh, you know, kind of uh, education. They're caring for kids like that. Well, a woman gave some money for a developmentally challenged playground. All right, these kids can't do the normal, the normal kind of thing. So, so she, you know, it's a $50,000 project. She gave the first... 10,000, and they are looking for teams that will come in and start building the, de- the playground for the developmentally challenged kids, all right? So I talked to Bo and BGMCs. All of their money uh, that the kids raise is going to go to that developmentally challenged playground. I want to say, too, there are many of you that give when we uh, fund churches around the world. You give money for that normally about 10000 a year. So I'm trying to raise another 10000 for that that will go for that developmentally challenged playground in the back of that home. It's a 6,000-foot home. They, they want to have something for those kids. So I'm, now I realize that the health situation, there's still a question, okay? So I can't tell you definitively at this moment, this is a go. But somewhere at the end of March, the first week of April is our drop-dead time for them. They have to get approval from the state. We need our community health to improve. But, you know, I, I want to take you. If you want to go on a mission trip, we're going to fly up there. Unless you want to drive to Hot Springs, that's up to you. We're going to fly. We're going to be there about a week. We're going to do mega sports camp. We're going to invest in those kids. And then our construction team every day is going to build that playground. And I, so I just want to say if that's something that's kind of speaking to your heart. On our website, on our app, there's a drop down that says the family missions trip. Just put your name 
on that, and we will update you, you know, we will update you as things develop in that. So I, I want to say, again, in the midst of challenging environments, God's purpose and God's call does not change. Worship team, you guys, you guys can come. Now listen to me, and I'm closing, all right? I would rather fail in trying to do something great for God, okay, then play it safe and underachieve, okay? So we're going to lean forward. We're going we're gonna to respect the environmental challenge that we have right now. We're going to walk carefully through this. But God's call to the church never changes. He calls us to make a global impact from West Tennessee Street. And he has blessed us, and we want to be faithful with God's blessing. So as we close this morning, okay, we're going to pray for God's favor, okay? Now, we're going to work hard, plan, pray, all right? But there's a point when you've done all that you can do, and you need God's hand of favor on it, okay? When we work... Two plus two is four. But with God's hand, two plus two can be a hundred. Okay? We're going to pray for God's favor to rest upon us. We're going to pray for laborers. He tells us to pray for laborers. And all of our teams, we're going to pray that you'll feel a divine call to, to be released to work in certain areas here at the church or around the world. We're going to pray for the harvest. God, give us children. God, give us students. God, give us college-age students. God, give us the alcoholic. God, give us the lost. Give us the prodigal. Those that are nearby. Those that are far away. God, give us the harvest. And then I'm also going to pray that there will be supernatural finance that will come so that we can fund mission efforts around the world. This is not for us. This will be supernatural income so that we can give away and advance the kingdom of God. And we're going to pray for a revival and awakening in our church. We're going to pray that God's Spirit will fall upon us and we, we will know God's presence and power is in our midst and people that come, they'll know they've been in the house of God in the presence of God. We're going to pray over that this morning. We're going to pray over that. Would you stand? Would you stand? So I want to pray this prayer over you, the priestly blessing that we just that we just sang. I want, to, I want you just to receive this. We're going to go in the favor of the Lord on your family, your business, your home, your children. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face towards you and give you peace. Would you say amen to that? Lord, we come before you, Lord. And we ask you, Lord, as we look for another year, Lord, where the world seems to be upside down, if there was ever a time for the light of the gospel that's in the dark backdrop of today, if there was ever a time for truth, Lord, it's in the midst of all the confusion that we see. And we humbly ask, Lord, from this location on the west side of Tallahassee, God, we ask for the hand of God and the favor of God 
to rest upon us. Lord, we will do our part. We will work. We will plan. We will pray. But Lord, your word says that you will give us cities that we did not build and vineyards that we did not plant. And we pray for the favor of God. Let it rest upon this congregation. Lord, you tell us also to pray for laborers. So God, we do that today. I pray that people will feel a call. They'll feel a nudge. Lord, they're going to, to Lord, you're going to speak to them and you're going to give them a direction for ministry. Lord, we pray for laborers to come in. Lord, we pray that we would send laborers out, interns. Lord, we pray over that. Lord, we pray for the harvest. We I mean, excuse me, we pray for laborers, God, that you would you would uh, uh, meet all the needs of this church. Lord, we pray for the harvest today. We pray that you'll give us children. We pray that you'll give us high school and middle school students and college students. We pray for the lost. We pray for the prodigal. We pray for the addicted. Lord, we pray for those that are close by who sit in this church and those that are far away. God, we pray for the harvest. Give us souls, Lord. Give us souls, Lord. We pray over that. We pray for supernatural money to come in to fund kingdom projects around the world, not to pad our own accounts, but Lord, to send out, to, to be a part of that harvest. We pray over that. Lord, we pray for a revival and awakening in our church, in our nation. God, we pray that you'll pour out your spirit upon us. Lord, that you'll breathe upon us the breath of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we don't want to sit idly by asleep. Lord, when the, when the vineyard is ripe to harvest, God, we pray, awaken our church. Pour out your spirit. Move in our services. Baptize us in the Holy Spirit. Let us feel the wind of God's presence. Let us have a fresh yoke-breaking anointing. Let it rest upon us. Lord, move us in kingdom advancement. Lord, and we give you praise. God, send revival and awakening to our church. Send revival and awakening to our church. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you this morning, Lord. Come on, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Be upon you in a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children. Come on, sing it over this morning. May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children. Come on, may his presence this morning. May his presence go before you and behind you and beside you, all around you and within you.
the Lord a shout of praise this morning Lord we love you we walk in your favor we walk in your favor Casey Taylor she came to me at the end of our 21 days of prayer so I just feel like there's something I want to share with you she said she, she did she signed up for the hour of prayer and we did the 24 hours she said, I just feel like I want to share this with you she said like five years ago I had a vision that I'd forgotten about of lines of armies but they were just standing. They were in a defensive position. All right. She said, I forgot all about that. She said, you know, my time of prayer, she said, the Lord brought that back to me. But the word was, now it's time for kingdom advancement. It's not a time just to play defense anymore. It's now time for kingdom advancement. And I said, I receive that. I received that word, so we're going to be cautious. I'm telling you, I'm ready for the green light and the accelerator to be down on everything. Some things we can, some things we're going to be wise about, but I promise you we're not going to sit around and wave the white flag. Okay? Challenging environments, you know, it never changes. God's purpose and His call never changes. Thank you for listening to the Generations Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the message today and pray God's greatest blessings on you. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter.